Waiting on you, buddy. Just waiting on you. <laughs> I can never tell if I'm live or not. Go ahead, brother. All right. <laughs> it doesn't say I'm live yet. All you right. are. It's College Sportscast. Welcome in. I got the two Johns with me. We are here to do the Big Fuss Show. Hook them. Please have your attention. It's all a commotion around here. What are you talking about? Let them gap at you. It's actually very exciting. All right. I think I can hear you guys, so maybe you can hear me. Well, your mic's muted. Unmute your mic. It shows his mic's muted on the side. Yep, he is muted, but he just doesn't know it. God. Well, John, how's it been going? It's been going we'll, good, we'll, man. We'll wait on Brad to actually unmute himself. But, unmute himself. Yeah, I can't unmute it for him, but that's great. <laughs> this is a great start to the show. <laughs> How about now? Yeah. When you need to unmute yourself, when you do that, I can't <laughs> unmute myself. It's a video that mutes me. Oh, so I have to wait for it to actually play through. Well, we're just we're just we're just talking over it then, because we don't we don't see a video. We don't hear well, it or see it. Okay. Well, it's it's a video that did y'all not see the video at all? Yeah, oh, we did, but then you see it, I guess, for a whole new two two minutes. I think it plays. That. I think it plays twice for me every time what? I got y'all on. I don't know why. Well, that's stupid. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> guys, we are here to do our big fuss show, and we are College Sportscast. This is week three of the college football season. We are through two weeks of the season. We are part of the, the Fan Boys, and you can see our sponsor up there is Pepsi tonight and for the Fan Boys, and we are also featured on Let's Talk Sports. We are featured on Sideline Sports, the Real Fresh Channel on Sundays, WSB and TV Channel 30. How you can find that is through your Roku, Apple, or Fire TV. Download the BoxCast app. Look for World Sports Broadcasting Network, and once you find them, you can find us 
on World Sports Broadcasting Network on your Roku, Apple, or Fire TV channel 30. All right, man. So let's get to some news. I'll get this up down here. Today, one of the biggest news, and I don't know, John Roberts, if you know this guy all that well, but Roy Kidd passed away today, and he was a long, very long time EKU college football coach and um, won two national championships. Now, this was one Division II A um, that, that he done all this on, um, but uh, he won 314 games in his career. I believe he coached 38 seasons. 37 of them were winning seasons. You, you want to know a crazy story? The actual quarterback that played on the 1982 team, his wife is my doctor. Okay. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Well, so Roy Kidd – Yeah, Roy Kidd was a two-sport star – and he went to EKU, but however, there is a story about Roy Kidd. So he, he was from he was from Eastern Kentucky. I believe he was from the Corbin area, I believe, John. Is that right, Hammonds? I think. I believe, but he was from Kentucky and he was he was recruited by Paul Bear Bryant, who was at Kentucky at the time. And he wanted to go to UK, but he asked Paul Bear Bryant if he could play two sports. The other sport, not being basketball, surprisingly, he was a star baseball player. And he asked Paul Bear Bryant if he could play on the baseball team as well as play on the football team. And Paul Bear Bryant said, told him no, that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't let him play both sports, that if he was going to come to Kentucky, he was going to, have to focus on football. And Roy Kidd said, you know what? Eastern said I could do both, and he went to Eastern um, and was a two-sport star there at Eastern. And he started coaching. He was the head coach in 1964 and coached till 2002. Um, he won 314 games, two national titles. I'll say this about him as well. He had 55 um, NCAA All-Americans. Mm -hmm. And from Eastern Kentucky University, a little one AA school, he had 41 NFL players over his career that played at Eastern Kentucky. Over 200 OVC um, All-Americans, first-team All-Americans for, for the OVC, and over 55, like, for the NCAA All-Americans. Um, and, and to coach at Eastern Kentucky and have 41 NFL players and 314 wins, um, he was 91. He actually went into um, – hospice care about three or four days before Kentucky just played EKU. He went into hospice care about three or four days before the game um, this past week. 
and he died early this morning. So I just want to give a shout out to Coach Roy Kidd. Um, I know John Roberts, you probably don't know much about him, would be my guess. Nope, not really. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I apologize. Figured, no, I mean, I figured you didn't. You're, you're, you know, down in Alabama, and he was. It's a small school here in Kentucky. Um, like I said, it's not like. FBS, you know, Division One. It was Division One Two A, so is what it was. Right. Eastern Kentucky, by the way, because of him, is actually second in all-time wins in the um, Division Two A conference, FCS, which is now FCS. But gotcha. I wanted to give him a shout out, and and he was a great coach. He was a great human being. He was true and true to EKU his entire life. So, um, but I did want to tell that story about Paul Bear Bryant and recruiting at Kentucky. He, he, was, yep. a, he was a four-year letterman in, in, in two sports and was a star player at both, you know, in both sports. So, all right, we'll move on to our next topic. I just wanted to give him a shout out there. Our next topic John and I kind of talked – Robert's kind of talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Hammonds wasn't around. Um, we went through the AP Top 25, but the Pac-12 has eight Top 25 teams in the AP poll this week. And, Hammonds, I'll throw it to you to kind of talk about that to start with because Roberts and I kind of talked about it on Sunday a little bit. I mean, I think – Right now, it's probably the deepest conference in football right now, you know. I think they got the best quarterback play in the conference. Um, it's impressive what they're doing this year, especially after them, a bunch of them are leaving out to new conferences next year. So, it's a, it's a pretty big deal for that conference, especially where, the, where they're at. So, there's 12 teams, eight of them are in the top 25, and 10 of them are leaving. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, but, man, I have been hyping them up. I remember in some of the chat rooms that we're in and stuff, I've been telling people that they would have at least five, if not six, in the preseason top 25, and people told me I was crazy. Well, guess what? They had five, um, and they had a sixth and seventh that was close, and now they have eight after two weeks. So you got to give them their – you know, they have – they have great quarterback play that's going on right now. Um, they have six 3,000-yard passers returning in the conference. They had eight 3,000-yard passers last year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that again last year. It actually tied a record for 3,000-yard passers last year. Sounds like a lot of defense played in that conference. <laughs> they have some great DB play. Yes. So Johnny Sports is with us. And he's got a little Pac-12 thing there. Did that come up for you guys? Yeah, it is right here. There it is. All right. Talking about giving them some love. On their oh, way out. 
Basically. There you go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> on on your way out, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Don't don't let the door hit you. You know, Oregon, Oregon State and Washington State, you guys are you guys are okay. You're the real deal because you're actually sticking around in this conference, whatever is to be of this conference. Uh you know, and uh so uh, that, to me, that they're 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 the only they're, they're the only ones in the Pac-12. It's just Oregon State, and it's uh and it's Washington State. They are uh, they actually play in a couple of weeks. Well, then that right there is for the conference championship. <laughs> yeah, I think they play in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, you um, find the t- two most remote places in in all of college football. Yeah. Well, they ha- they play good football at both places. They're both ranked right now. So Washington State's coming off an impressive win against uh, 19th-ranked Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And Oregon State has got DJ Yuga, whatever his name is, and uh, from Clemson. Why, why, why can't you say his name? I, 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 I can't say his name. What's to his last name? I have no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's Tua. That, uh, that's and DJ. Tua Tungvaloa. There you go. Now, now, D, now, now, say DJ's last name. I can't say DJ's last name. Ui Ungle. Ui Ungle. Come on. I, how do you Let's say it like Ui Ungle? I mean, how do you say that? I don't. I don't. Uh, I can't say that. Ui. Like Ui. Yeah. Ui Ungle. No, that's that's that is not it. <laughs> oh you, man, you are bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought we were singing that old song one time. No, no, oh. no, no, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> okay, all right, guys. I'll get back on track. <laughs> you, you do you. <laughs> All right, but the Pac-12 is for real this year. I actually have been saying that I think they will get into the college football playoff. I actually think that one of those teams will make the college football playoff. They're going to survive that long? They're going to survive that long? Yep. You think they're going to be riding riding the wave all the way to the end of the season? I do. I think think that would be crashes. (laughs) I think one of those teams – will survive and make the college football playoff on their way out. I really do. Um, so my next topic is Central Florida, UF, UCF. Um, UCF is has lost their QB, Plumley for a few weeks. He's out. So just a news topic. Hammonds, I know you've been kind of big on UCF and their start. So what do you think about you know him being out for at least two, if not three weeks? They said two to three weeks. Mm, I I think it hurts them in a way, you know. I mean, they face a lot of questions, especially at quarterback play. Um, now they're going to have to turn to Timmy McClain for the next several games. Um, he appeared as a true freshman – in 12 games for South Florida. So this will be his first start since he faced UCF in the season finale in 2021 at the bounce house. Um, Which 
you know, UCF is very fortunate because he actually put his name in the transfer portal earlier. If had he had not come back, UCF would have been really hurting um, for for a quarterback. So I, I think losing Plumage going to hurt him. I mean, going forward, it's 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 not it's not the best of news to be honest. Well, they start Big Twelve play next week, and if he's that, going to that, be out for yeah. yeah. If he's going to be out for, say, two more weeks beyond that and be out the first two Big 12 games, that's going to the really hurt The big thing about Timmy McClain, though, he, he's a dual threat. So, you know, and he, he's very accurate um, down the field. Um, he done really got – he done really good. Um, the quarterback, I think it's the quarter – is it the offensive coordinator? Used to be at Kentucky, Darren Henshaw, quarterback coach, I think. Um, yeah. He said that – you know he he's ready to get in there and do what he needs to do to to win games. Well, I just think they're going to miss that leadership from um, Plumley. All right, John, John Roberts, what you got on this? Just a little news story that's come out today. So, uh, how's his baseball stock? <laughs> I'm just um, so. Uh, I mean, look. Losing the starter is never good, uh, even if it's for a few weeks or whatever it is. So, I mean, look, I, I think that that ultimately um, it's got to be next man up, and that is uh, Timmy McLean this week, uh, redshirt sophomore transfer. Um, uh, and he came in from South Florida, right? So, uh, uh I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, we'll find out this week. Oh, I don't know a lot yeah. about the backup. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Just I a new story. Always, always the fan's favorite, just, you know. I just know what was being told in the spring. You know, he, he had where he transferred. He was in the portal, and then he come back, um, and, and he played for USF. Like, was it 2021? Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know that he's had he's had some snaps under center, though, so – they're not right. just throwing a guy in there that ain't never played it down to football. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So my next topic is Kentucky offensive coordinator Liam Cohen was released from the hospital today. Um, on Sunday, he had what they are calling a medical episode, and he was released from the hospital this morning, and he did put out a tweet saying that he was he was going to be good and that he would see everybody at Kroger Field on Saturday. Hammonds, you're in Kentucky. You're here. I'm sure you followed this story. What what have you heard? What do you know about anything, like what actually happened? They've kind of kept this under wraps. Yeah, so. it's, it's been pretty much under wraps. It, they really haven't given <clears throat> any details. They just said it was a medical episode, and they – put him in the hospital overnight and he, I think he got released what Monday morning. And then he come out with that statement and pretty much it was just a, I think he was released this morning, Tuesday was released this morning. <clears throat> yeah. And it was just a statement saying that he, he, he was thankful for the prayers and everybody. Um, yeah. It was on Twitter. You know, yeah. I, so I don't really know much of the details to be honest with you. And it, it ain't our place to really know to what's going on, you know, so, no, they've tried to keep it quiet. I just yeah, you know, it's it's basically yeah. just a quiet quiet mouse thing. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, Stoops yesterday almost seemed to get kind of emotional. He was talking about how it was a tough day, tough 24 hours at the Monday press conference yesterday. So it's good to see. He was talking about the response and the medical team that come in and, you know, and that they, they had helped out. And he's talking about all that. He's kind of comparing that to 9-11 um, and, and doing a little talking about the, the response, you know, the quick response and this response teams and stuff. Uh, but so not a, um, there's not really a lot to go through. I mean, it's just just one of those no, deals just, where he had a health issue, and you know, I I honestly, I mean, the thing that the key thing to me was is in his statement, he said that we will I'll see you guys at Kroger Field on Saturday. So, I mean, as a fan, it makes you believe that you know he'll be there coaching on Saturday. That he that he can't wait to be there on Saturday. Yeah, Roberts. Yeah. I mean, look, anytime you got any sort of medical issue, I mean, it's always you know, Paul, you know, cause for concern. So everybody's kind of just kind of take a step back with what with what uh with what happened. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I mean, it, it, he's acting like as if it's you know not a big deal. But I mean, he says, "I'll see you at Kroger Field," and I guess everybody will see him at Kroger Field. That's the plan. All right, guys, it is time for our pick six. All right. Am I back? Yes, you are. All right. Can you hear me? All right. So for our first pick six, guys, the first topic for tonight is Big 12 Power Six Rankings. We're going to do a couple of conferences tonight. I guess I, can the, go, I guess I can go first if you want me to. Um, all right. And the first one we're going to do is Big 12, and I want to know your top six, your power six rankings. My top six. I'm going to go number one's Texas, you know, especially with the win over Alabama Saturday night. Um, two would probably have to be – still it still have to be Oklahoma, you would think given the history, you know, within the conference. Three would be Kansas State. Um, and then beyond that, it's it's a it's a crapshoot. That's exactly what I was thinking. I had the exact same three, and I went, it's one, two, three, and then it's, who it's cares? Just, everybody else. <laughs> and there's everybody else. Well, yeah. basically, you've got Kansas. I put Kansas at the four spot. Um, five would probably be mm, – I mean, everybody else is lost. Oklahoma State, maybe. Um, maybe. And then you got six would probably be um, Cincinnati. There you go. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not going to really stray too far away from that. I'd actually written down one, two, and three exactly the way that he had had it. And then after that, I was kind of really fishing hard for what would be the next three. So I'm going to go with his 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 second three. But, Mummy, I agree with the first three. You got to have Texas, Oklahoma, and then K-State as being one, two, and three right there uh, in the power rankings for the Big 12. So – Oh yeah, man. I, I fully agree. That's the top three is Texas. Yeah. Texas is clearly number one. Yeah. I think Oklahoma and Kansas State are one or two A and two B, you know, right. right now, two games in. Um, you, you know, you've got Kansas and UCF in there that uh have at least won their games. Right. You know, you know so you gotta have those two and I mean, then you know. Cause I mean TCU who who represented in the in the national made it to the national championship game? They've lost a game. Uh, Texas Tech has lost a game. Two uh, games. Yeah, they've lost two games. Two yes. games. Two, Baylor's two, lost two, two games. Two, I believe those Texas Tech games that they lost were were too close games because yeah. you had yeah. they, they're kind of heartbreakers, you know. Baylor's also lost. lost two games. That's right. Uh, now Baylor losing one to Texas State and then losing one to uh, I believe Utah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah. and those are typically teams that are kind of in that next tier, you know, as far as like Baylor being, you know, fairly so decent. Oklahoma like State just, hasn't lost yet, I don't think. And right. how about how about Cincinnati, guys? Cincinnati's looked halfway decent, um, yeah. right? Two week, two weeks in a row. So mm-hmm. you know. I, neither one of you mentioned them. Cincinnati well, beat Pittsburgh. No, at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati was mentioned in the list. It was in the list. And yeah. then you got, then you go down down the the thing. You got BYU and UCF. Like yeah. beyond the one and three, it, it's nothing but a crapshoot in the Big Twelve. Yeah, yep. it's basically Texas, and then it's everybody else. Well, I'm that was kind of, that was kind of, that was kind of my take on the preseason rankings and the preseason preview show that we did too. And I will say this, I'm not declaring Texas is back for everybody wanting to know, but <laughs> I will say this, Texas is on the up and coming. They're they're not they're not the Texas <laughs> that is the is the punching bag that they once was because and I know people are going to say, well, I don't I'm just not, doing it. They beat a really, John. they beat a really horrible defense of Alabama, but it's still Alabama. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you don't a, go in the Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, so you know, not many teams go in there to Tuscaloosa and win. And you know, that was the first non-conference loss for Alabama at home since they lost to UNL Monroe. And guess what? That was in Saban's first year, 2007. That's so. Yeah. That's even more impressive. So. Since November of 2007. Yep. So, you know, give Texas their props. Oh, absolutely. I got more. We got more on them for this show. So, I mean, with, with their win. All right. So, that was a big 12. The SEC has shown some signs of struggle in some of these big games this year for the first time in a very, very long time. And we're all SEC guys. So what is your SEC Power Six rankings for our pick six segment here? Oh, goodness. After two weeks. Uh, Like, I just – it's curious to me. I mean, 
where where does LSU and Alabama fall in this ranking after taking losses? Um, I'm not so who sure. Who would be LSU. in your top six? I'm who? I, I listen. You got to give me something. We're all SEC guys, so SEC is very average right now. To be honest, it's been a rough two weeks to open this season, if you ask me. <laughs> the SEC is one in four versus ranked teams, and also one in four versus the ACC. They have they lost to the Big Twelve in Texas. Um, on top of that, so you know, let's all just say it. Number one, right now, would you know because they're ranked one and they're the two-time champs. Number one has got to be Georgia. Yeah, I mean your rankings. You got to have Georgia number one. After that, it gets a little interesting. Who do you have for number two? Uh, guess you'd have to go Ole Miss. Do you have to? <laughs> well, you don't have to. Go Ole for Miss. it. Keep keep going. Ole Miss. Uh, guess you would have to put Tennessee next. Um, I'm guessing. And then from there, you probably put LSU. Um, I know people's going to think that I should do this, but, I, but I'm going to. What about Auburn <laughs> at six? I mean, no. they haven't impressed lately, but their defense is really, really solid. I'm just saying there's not a lot of great teams in the SEC this year yep. except for maybe a couple. Or okay, that's pretty telling, Hammonds. If you're saying to me that you think the Auburn showing that they have had so far is in the top six of the SEC. That's what I'm saying. It's not been impressive. Because they barely escaped with a win 14 to 10. Well, that's what on the road across the country Kentucky. playing a power but five still, school. They barely escaped a win against a team on the road across the year. country playing well, a power five school. If you put Kentucky Come there, on. then does that win against Eastern Kentucky resolute? I mean, they had to really basically. Come alive in the in the. Second I'm gonna be quarter. honest with you, Hammonds. If I'm picking my top six right now as we speak, I tend to think Kentucky would be in that. I really do. No, no. I, I would agree with you, but the Eastern Kentucky showing kind of dampered that. That's just I my. Just that's just my opinion. I'm still I mean, high on this. I'm not saying that Kentucky can't be. Kentucky's still going to be a good team. But. First of all, if you guys have Alabama outside of your top six because they lost at home to tech this Texas team, y'all are crazy. Alabama is definitely still inside the top, like, three of the SEC, even after the loss. I haven't given my list. All right. <laughs> I know. Go for it. All right. Georgia. 
Yep. Tennessee. Alabama. Let me just do this. I'll put Hang on this one. Hang on. Roberts is giving his. Oh, I didn't know. My bad. For those of you who missed it, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas. Okay. I don't I don't agree with with it. So I think you're out of bounds on it myself. Tennessee looked like crap last week against Austin Pay. You you're talking about Kentucky's Eastern Kentucky win. I thought that uh Tennessee looked worse than Kentucky did. Has Kentucky beaten a power five school? Um no. Tennessee has. It's a really crappy crappy one, but they have. The worst damn one in the country? I mean, come on. Does that count? (laughs) Okay, let me – I'll give you mine. One has to be Georgia. Um, Two would have to be Ole Miss. I mean, after what they did at Tulane. I agree um, with you on that, actually. I would put Ole Miss number two right three now. Three would be Tennessee. Um, I'm still kind of iffy on Tennessee. I mean, yeah, they did beat um, Virginia, but they looked sluggish against Austin P. They didn't look the best, I don't think. Um, they're going to have to really show me some things here in a couple of weeks, especially with Joe Milton. Um, four – would be Alabama, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. It's your list. <laughs> biggest thing with Alabama, they struggled Saturday with penalties and turnovers. That was the biggest thing with Alabama Saturday. You can't do that. Discipline. They struggled with discipline. It was the same thing as it was last year, I think. And I agree with that. It's going to have to get better. Um, <clears throat> five would be – Say it. You want to. I do want to say it because I'm going to go Auburn. I know I know. everybody's probably thinking, you know. Even I won't put them in the top six. Everybody's thinking, well, they only beat UMass and Cal. But if you look at the rest of the SEC, who are you really going to put in there? Texas A&M, you ain't going to put it. They no, God off no, no. Like, what I put Texas A&M in there? You know, you, Texas A&M, they had three turnovers, and I think they gave up a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. They was just they, – they, Look, they, they doubled their offensive performance uh, from last year, but they have also tripled their defensive deficit defense, from last right, year. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to a little bit more of them here in a few, but like so – you got five. Who who's number six? So you can finish this so we can guess, move on to the next one. I guess we'll put Kentucky. Um, you know. So you have LSU outside of the top six. I, I just think LSU they didn't okay. impress they didn't impress me against Al or uh Florida State. Like I just I mean beating Gramlin ain't gonna get me there. You're gonna have well, to I mean I get you. I I'm okay, I got you. All right, so it's Georgia, Ole Miss, Alabama, 
All right. That's I mean, my go, top three. You go put Georgia at number one. I mean, they scored zero points against Ball yeah, State in the first quarter. Until, I mean, come somebody, on. Until somebody it's Georgia, Georgia, Ole Miss, Georgia? Alabama, and then I've got Tennessee. Then I've got LSU, and then I've got Kentucky. Until, <laughs> that's my six. You I've guys are a bunch it, of homers here. Preseason until somebody beats Georgia, it's still Georgia. That's my six. All right, we're gonna move on to our no fly zone. Yeah, because we're getting real antsy in this in this little topic. <laughs> we're gonna move on. I know so. I'm gonna get. I know I'm gonna get blasted for picking Auburn, but that's okay. So here is now you're gonna get no blasted for picking Kentucky. <laughs> nah, Kentucky. I, I have them ranked. That's not gonna fly here. Brad, the silence is not going to fly. <laughs> You're hitting All the right. no flies on here. I, I have to wait till my mic comes back, guys. All right. So this is our, I'll take this one first. So this is our no fly zone. This is the first no fly zone. The way this works is I ask a question and they tell me if they think it should fly or not fly. No fly. So um, our first topic, if I can get it to come up, do y'all have it on the screen? Yes. yes sir. All right. It's being slow for me. Texas A&M uh, has been all about recruiting, and Colorado has been all about coaching. Yeah, right? but they – as they far as the, this first two seasons, hang on, hang on. As far as this season with with uh, um, Dion, so is coaching more important than recruiting to be great in college football? Fly. That's a fly just, for me. Just because you, if you got a motivator and a coach like Dion is, whether you're bringing in two and three star transfers, which he did a whole lot, he did bring in a few star players, but most recruiting. Of, <laughs> but most of his stuff that he brought in is not four and five star kids. Not in this one. Yeah, not but, this first but, year. But he will be. Travis Hunter, who? What is he? What did I just say, Roberts? I said he brought in a few, but it's most of the kids are. I'll take this one. Um, I think it's a fly. I think coaching is more important in recruiting to me. I mean, you look at what Texas A&M has done, you know, bringing in four- and five-star guys. If you can't coach them up and develop them, you're just wasting your time, I think. I think coaching has a lot to do with it. You you look at John Sanders, his first year, 
and he's already got them ranked in the top 25. It's hard to do now, folks, with with a whole with a whole new roster and 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 players that he has. You know, I, I just that's my take on it. I think recruiting helps, but I think you got to have some coaching to go to back that up. Okay, I want you to listen to what you just said. He is doing it in the first year, and I know it's with a whole new roster. Let's just say that. You know, it's a whole new roster which means he recruited an entirely new team. He didn't take Colorado. He took Colorado 2.0. Colorado 2.0 is all his guys. He didn't have to wait till year two to get his guys. He didn't have to wait till year three for his team. This is his team. He recruited this team. Okay. And? I'm just saying that you're I, – I, <laughs> I, I think that you're – you're trying to have a, a, a question for for Texas A&M because of the fact that they have all this recruiting, but they haven't done anything with it. But what you need to do is have an opposing thing where there's a team that has not that many recruits on it with a good coach. You put a guy that was a good coach who recruited an entire roster in one season. And, with the and most of, of it, and most of that recruiting – is three star two and three star guys? They're, they're all brand new. He kicked out the old team. It he didn't take matter. the old team. It doesn't it matter. Does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. You're, you're acting if you like replace, if you replace one star guys with two star guys or two star guys with three star guys, does it really make that much of a difference? What you need to look at is look, Dion recruited. It's his guys. He is a mo- motivational speaker and he's a great coach okay but the question is flawed the question needs to be a different circumstance i don't i don't agree with that <laughs> i this don't agree I, with what this is why they call it the big fuss show exactly <laughs> so, this is why this is so, why i'm calling so, it the big fuss show here you go here's one with with no like hardly any stars and whatnot. Like go go look at Kirk Ferentz or something like that, or or a Matt Rule when he had Baylor. But even then, he I'm was not, recruiting. So I, my point in this question is somebody who is a flat great coach who is a motivator, and Dion is exactly what I'm talking about. But it's not like he's taking over. He's, it's not like his roster is a bunch you're, of. You're you're bodies. trying to change the whole point of the question. The point is is a coach and a motivator <laughs> that that can that can come in and not have five star kids all over the field and still be able to motivate and win. What's the son? What do you mean? I don't think he was a five-star kid coming out. No, he he. I don't think he was a big-time prospect. He wasn't coming out. He is now, he but is he wasn't now, coming yeah. out. The biggest but, issue I'm going to say this with Jimbo, to me, he 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 does not develop quarterbacks well, and and I and I say that in coming back on this, Connor Wigman, the quarterback this year. Seems like he's upped it a little bit. But I'm going to say this, too. It took an offensive coordinator for that to happen. It took Bobby Petrino 
to come in there and make things click offensively. Is that on the coach? Is, is that to me? That's the coach. Yeah, I mean, you have that, and you have you know even like Clemson bringing in an offensive coordinator, but you're still running the same offense. Yep. Yeah, it's. it's I, I tell people, you know, Bo like, makes Bo makes a good point down here. It says Kentucky basketball tells you that coaching is more important. Cal is a good recruiter. If yep. you can, re- you can recruit all the five stars you want, but if they don't play together and have have no chemistry with one another, it's going to be a dud. So, in my opinion, coaching absolutely outdoes recruiting. Any day, any time, any day of the week, it's an absolute lie. I used to not think like that, though. I used to think recruiting, when you were going recruiting battles, that you was doing something. But the more you look into it, coaching has a lot to do with it. And you know, and the best ones can do both. The best ones can recruit top and coach top, and 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 motivate. And the best ones can do both. I want you and John to fight again. I was liking that. Best ones take the egos (laughs) and set them aside. I like that little uh, debate there. So yeah, the debate that That's had nothing. That's why I'm to calling it the Big Plus Show. That's why I'm calling <laughs> it the Big Plus Show. I want that on this show. I think it'll bring people's attention, and we'll 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 do some stuff with it. So the next one, our next topic is Texas' big win over Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and my question to you guys is: is does that mean Texas is now ready for the SEC? Are you fly or no fly? Is Texas ready for the SEC? I'm going to tell you why Texas is ready. Well, I wouldn't say they're ready yet, but i tell you what the biggest difference was for them than what Alabama's got. And that's the fact that Texas has guys – playmakers at quarterback and at wide receiver. Alabama is still in the process of getting that to go at their quarterback and wide receiver play. Um, John, I'm going to tell you what I thought the biggest difference in that game was. It was defensive line for Texas versus Alabama's offensive line. That was the biggest difference. It starts up front. I agree with you. Do you Alabama, think? Do you Alabama think that this not, text, Do you think that Sark has Texas ready to come into the SEC? Was that a telltale sign, a telltale win that says Texas is ready for the SEC? I think it is. I think Texas is ready. I think that they're more than prepared. And I'm going to go as far as saying this. If Alabama doesn't go back to getting those top linemen and those secondary guys. They have some they, really big linemen right now that got they pushed do, around. They, <laughs> and they got pushed around really, really. It's not the Alabama of old. And if Alabama does not get it together. They have the biggest. They have bigger offensive linemen on average than NFL teams. I question this dynasty, whether it whether it ends. Because I think we're, right. we're nearing, I think we're nearing the end. I I, I really do. I, I you know, and there's 
rumors going around today that Saban might retire at the end of the year. That's what's going on. I don't on. believe none of that. I ain't going to get into either. that right now, but it's too early in the season. I don't All either, right. John Roberts, time. is Texas – was that a telltale sign? Is Texas now ready for the SEC? I mean, that game itself is not going to be like, this is the thing that makes Texas ready for the SEC. No, look, they have a coach that's coached in the SEC. He was an offensive coordinator in the SEC. He understands what the SEC is about. Texas Texas knows what the SEC is about. Oklahoma does too. So, like, does that mean that they were, you know, does one game make you ready? No. I mean, look – Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. Were they ready? But I think Sark yeah, the answer at that point was no. But right now, look, I think that they, I think they have a talented team. I think their team is going to be successful within the SEC. Okay, I think they're not like a team where you know one. Uh, you know, have a one-game schedule. I mean, yes, they probably do technically have like a one-game schedule once that you get into conference play with uh, in the Big 12 just because. But I think that they are built well enough and equipped well enough to to have success in the SEC. Uh, but I don't think it was just because of the win right there. I think that's going to help them because I think that that will help with recruiting in the state of Texas so that they can be in the future. I agree with you. I'm going to say that this is a no-fly for my, even myself. I'm going to say this is a no-fly. And the reason why I say that is it's not this Texas team. I, I really think this Texas team is talented. I foresee them having a really special year. I think the Big 12 is for the taking. Whether or not they can, you know, make the college football playoff is yet to be seen. They would pretty much need to run the table. I just don't think that this Big 12 is going to be powerful enough to lose a game or two. I'll um, say this. On that field Saturday night, though, Texas roster was completely better more dynamite than Alabama's roster. And I mean, that's what I was trying to say. This Texas team is 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 good enough, okay? But I'm still not on board. This one game, you know, I'm still not on board that they can take that and be this every year in the SEC, you know, and 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 go into places like at Alabama and knock people off. I'm just, you know, so we just did that. I just said every year. They literally just did it. They and almost did it at their own. Did. They almost did it last year too. And I but just were, said they were, they were I'm not ready to anoint them that they can do that every that's year. That's two years in a row. <laughs> I mean, that's what I just said, Roberts. No, that's, no, you said that they, you don't think they could do it every year, that they, they did it two years in a row against what should be they the flight? They did not win last year. I okay, think. they they lost by one. Okay, but they did not win last year. One point. They hung with them. All right, my next one's Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter has played two hundred and seventy four snaps in two games. 
I thought the clock rule was to keep snaps from happening. <laughs> 274 snaps in two games, okay? Not only does is he doing offense and defense, he has like nine or ten snaps in on special teams as well, okay? Is there any way in the world he can keep this pace up for the whole season? To have that many snaps? Are you fly or no fly on that? Mm. (laughs) Kentucky offensively has played two games and only has 512 snaps, or 500, 112 snaps offensively in two games. He's played 274 snaps in two games. I think it's possible. But against some of these, like, better teams that he's going to go up against, like Oregon and USC and some of these others. Not this week. But USC, he's not, that, that is not a better team, okay? When he's on offense, he's playing against their weakest side of the ball, Okay. And then he doesn't play like how, how many? How many is he plays all the defensive snaps, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, so his hardest side of the ball will be the defense. Will, will, will be the de- will, will be when he's playing defense because when he plays offense, he could just run and do whatever the heck he wants in that game against USC. The thing is, though, with going forward, I get you know he he played those snaps against Nebraska TCU. And he's probably going to do the same with Colorado State this coming week. But against some of these better teams, like I said, Oregon and USC, and I don't, I don't even know if they play Utah this year. Do they play Utah? Washington. Oh. I don't, I'm not sure. I have not I, mean, sure I can't remember. Schedule. But against some of these better teams, he's going to have to have some extra help because it, he ain't going to be able to do it all by himself against some of these really good teams like Oregon, USC, Utah, yada, yada, yada. The rest of those guys, you know what I'm saying. So, so you're no fly that he won't I'm be no able to fly. Keep up? I don't think. I don't think he can. I just. It's it's hard to do. You know, you've seen Charles Woodson. You know, when he played at Michigan, he did the same, and won a Heisman. But he didn't play that many snaps. He didn't. That's play that a many snaps, that's though. a lot. I have never seen anybody play that many snaps before. All right, here you go. Here, here's Colorado's schedule. The remaining schedule. All right. They, they play are, Colorado State, they play Oregon, they play USC. I know their next three. Uh, yeah, that's their next three. Then after that, it's Arizona State, Stanford, which you ought to be able to do that against both of them. Yeah. UCLA, which is a ranked team right now. Yeah. Oregon State, which is a ranked team ranked right team. now. And a good right team. Now. They're yes. a good team. Arizona. Washington State, another ranked team currently. Yeah. And they end the year at Utah. So they got Oregon State, Washington State, Utah, Oregon, and USC. Yeah, they're about to have they're about to have a two game stretch here where they have Oregon and USC, right? And then and then He'll have UCLA and Oregon State back to back, and I didn't. And, and I didn't then he'll have, have Washington. So he'll see. have Washington State. Have Washington State and Utah back to back. 
The question is, do you think that he can keep that pace up and play that many snaps in that many games? I'm going to go no fly. I just – it's hard. It's tough. You get get tired. Things, you know – I'm trying to get Roberts to give me an answer, but he won't give me an answer. I'm waiting for John to give an answer first. I think he <laughs> Once can do he it. Once he gets an answer, I'll give mine. I think he can do it, but I just I think it's it's going to eventually you get you get wore down by doing that every every single game. Though, I mean, and I think his stamina is pretty good right now, but I think against like I said, some of these good teams, he's going to have to he's going to have to get some help to to with some of those receptions and, and yardage and just want to have to have some help. That's just my take on it. All right, I'm going to I'm going to use your words against you. Deion Sanders is the greatest motivational speaker and coach out there so that he will play all of those snaps on both sides of the ball. And he will do it. Keep up the pace throughout the season because what coaching coaching Hey, listen. I'm using fully, your words I against agree. you. As far as the motivation and everything, <laughs> it'll be there. But I think playing hey, that hey, many hey, snaps. Hey, hey, ninety-nine percent no, no. mental. You got, you got to let me. You got to let me finish. I think playing that many snaps and having that kind of wear and tear on your body is going to hurt him down the road. He will not be able to hold up the entire it's season. It's going to catch up to him, yeah. I don't think he'll be able to hold up physically the entire season. But I will say this. It gives me Deion Sanders vibes, though, the way he plays. Just both sides of the ball, the way he – That's all That's all I'm going to say about it. Is, is, you know, I just don't think that physically that he could keep up with that pace. There's just no way. I just don't see it. You got his, you, you got a guy that, that knows how to do it coaching him. Yeah, but he Just didn't saying. play that many snaps. Dion didn't play th- not even close. He to played that both many sides snaps. of the ball and another sport. Played baseball <laughs> at a different time of year. No off season. There's no rest for the wicked. There you go. <laughs> All right, Tez Walker was denied his, his appeal this week. Do you guys think that the college football playoff, the way it is set up now and structured now, do you think that that could be used to break away from the NCAA? I'm surprised it hasn't. I think you're already seeing it with the conference realignments. Correct. You're seeing more teams go to – the power five and, and making these big conferences. And eventually it's just going to be one big conference. And basically what you're going to have, you're going to have two commissioners and the NCAA is going to be cut out of the, out of the pot. I mean, this to me, the structure is already there. You guys are saying I'm seeing it with the, with the, the movement. I don't even think the movement and all the realignment is even necessary. The, the, the CFP, already has the the top six bowls they're already there with them they 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 you know they have the playoff system all they need is they have a committee they have a board they have a committee 
all they need is rules and regulations and guidelines. You put some rules and regulations and guidelines in there and, and people who are, um, you know, looking at all that and making sure people are doing what they're supposed to do. You put those two things in place and the college football playoff has everything that they need to break away. And to me, you don't even need all of this realignment because the NCAA has nothing to do with the end of college football. The way it ends, they don't have anything to do with the, the, the major bowls. They don't have anything to do with the playoffs. They don't have anything to do with it. I think all it is right now is just lawyering. Lawyering. Lawyer. Lawyering. There you go. Something. Yeah. I think that's what you need right now. I mean, that's all it is because what you do is if you're gonna if you're gonna break off like that, you're gonna you're gonna split off and have uh the the power five bec- uh you know have their own autonomy. Um what you're what you're needing now is to figure out the rest okay so if they've split away from the ncaa for football is it football only or is it everything because it if it's everything be only because it's everything because it's then obviously the ncaa has everything over basketball and some of the other stuff you so, can't include like, basketball because they they run the ncaa tournament well correct but if you split off then you don't necessarily have to compete in that and then their money goes sideways at that point you can control it at that point but you've got to figure out all the contracts and all the 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 what it takes to to put everything like all that stuff together because you once once you split for football you more than likely you're going to be splitting for every other sport and if you're splitting for every other sport then I you've think, got to I you've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to have the the all the contracts and the lowering stuff. And I think, really, in all honesty, that's all it is right now between between being there and not being there. So both of you think it's it could be fly. It's bound to happen. Yeah. All right. My last one, and I want this one to be quick. This is something that's been coming up this week, and um. Lebby and, and Venables, the coaches, have, have, you know, apologized and all this other stuff. And to me, it's absolutely asinine, really. I just don't get it. So Art Bryles was on the sidelines of the Oklahoma game talking to the offensive coordinator, Lebby, okay? Lebby is his son-in-law, all right? And everybody is making this big fuss about because Art Bryles, why was Art Bryles on your sideline? And everybody's making this big fuss about it. And should Coach Venables and Lebby have to apologize for this? I think it's asinine. Uh, I think it should be dealt with in in private. Um, But I get both – Sides of it, I get where Art Bryles did that with um, his situation at Baylor and the situation that they, Oklahoma does not want him on the sideline. So he was talking to his son-in-law on the sideline of the games, and there's a problem with that? 
that's the issue. I don't. This is too. This is too touchy subject because of the situation at hand. I know where you want to get this over with, but I get it from both sides of the spectrum at times. You I know, don't. A, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I get that, but on the other side, I don't side get of what it, the fuss is. That's, it's not that's, like it's not like he was wearing a OU hat and was you know had a clipboard in his hand or something. I get what you're saying. I do. <laughs> but I mean, the world, I don't get the it. world of social media and things now, though, they look at it differently. It's it's a different world we live in. But it's sometimes the world we live in is kind of dumb. And I think and I think that that's kind of dumb. Now, the dumbest thing that happened in this whole situation is Oklahoma's lack of foresight of the whole situation occurring. They should have known when hiring Jeff Levy who his father-in-law was and what might happen. And in that, they should have had something in the in as far as in the 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 writing and in, in in the in the contract or have had some form of boundary set because if there's no boundary set guess what it's it's ball game yeah so, so that, i blame i blame the you, university so think, i blame the university think, and the athletics director and all that for having lack of foresight otherwise wait a second, wait a second. It, 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 you're it, telling it, me yes, that you family. think that it was such that it was that having him walk up on the sideline to talk to his son-in-law would be such an issue that they would have needed to have a whole clause. I'm telling say, you, I'm telling you that that that, that, that no, the mention of that person's there. name will make people See, have have cause for concern. So they I, should have had something in place prior to. So this whole look, Levy doesn't need to apologize because you know he doesn't need to apologize. That's not his. That's not his place. Okay, the university's lack of foresight of knowing that who everybody is, who you're hiring, and who your hiring's son-in-law is. I mean, like, look. It would be to go get Kendall Browse, okay? At uh, where is it? Arkansas, right? He's the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. So, yeah, like, you you know that so who his dad is. You know who his dad is. So if it's, so, so because, so because that, it shows up, that half of the world's going to have an issue with that. See the the optics. Let, let me it's get him a, on a football field. Let me get. Give me. I don't get understand. And y'all are talking, and I can't say a word. I don't understand it. I really don't. Here's the thing. If he if he showed up with a clipboard and a whistle and 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 a shirt on and he showed up there, then I would then somebody could say something. Well, I sure hope he was wearing a shirt. The issue is the rape case that happened at Baylor is a black eye on that Baylor program. Yes. And I I get where Oklahoma (laughs) don't want that around their 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 program. I get that. I don't know. I don't get it. But I also I, I get, really don't get it. I don't I get also why get the it's fact an issue that that's the grandfather of his children of his of his son-in-law. I get that part too. Exactly. A, so if he showed up at Arkansas because his son works there, would they would everybody have an issue with it? If he showed up to a game. If he I showed up on the field, if he were to walk on the field after the game, yes. I think they're going to have an issue with it everywhere he goes. Yes. I, I just yes. I don't get it. It's 
I think we live in a very messed up world. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm an absolute no fly on this. I don't even think it should be an issue whatsoever. I mean, we all, we all have stuff in our lives and I'll be honest with you. I just don't, I don't like, it would be different to me if he showed up in an Oklahoma shirt and had a cap on and had a clipboard and a whistle in his hand, it would be different, but I can't, I, I just, it's not, if he's just standing there talking to him on the sideline in regular clothes and he's talking to his son-in-law, I don't, I just don't understand how anybody can have an issue with that. I mean, look, the, the biggest, the biggest thing is, is that they should have had some form of thing, you know, discussed it prior to because that's it i mean i just think it's the lack of foresight that's it so i think the university dropped the ball i think the the athletics department dropped the ball and i think that if arkansas hasn't figured out something on that already then i think that they need to figure something out just because <laughs> that guy's got the same name you know exactly so that's the that's the difference is that you know he has the name you probably already have dis had some form of discussion you know hey kendall while you're here you know you you were at you were at baylor your dad was overseeing a program that had a lot of bad stuff happen okay so uh while you're here your dad needs to be distant. I mean, I kind of get that. Okay. From, you know, from the university, but what I'm talking about is the irritation and the buzz from people and stuff that he was talking to his son-in-law on the sideline in regular clothes and people have an issue with that. It's not like he was what, what I'm talking about is that. Well, I mean, just him on the field in general. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Him on the field in general, like they have to know what the optics are. Oh, Hammond says his laptop died. No good. <laughs> but He says his laptop. Like died. I said, I think, I think it's the optics of him on the field in general, not just talking to his son-in-law. Like, look, him talking to his son-in-law, I don't think really matters. It's the fact that he's there. That's, that's the, that's the issue that everybody takes. And, and look, I get it. The guy so, is, so do you think father. coach Venable should have to apologize for that? No, or I do don't think, think so. Because I think, I, I think that, Maybe you I, think the university does, but not I think that I think that the that there should have been again that the the issue is is the is the fact that they could not figure this out before he showed up on the field before they allowed him on the field because that's the part or or that they didn't know that the that there was going to be this big of a backlash with him maybe, on the maybe field. Maybe they didn't that's, know that that's that's that was the, his father-in-law. <laughs> that's that's bad. That's bad research, man. You don't understand. You're paying a guy millions of dollars to be 
That's a joke, guys. I'm yeah, just I know. It's I'm just, just that would be that would just be terrible. <laughs> that's not that's not for real. That so, was a joke. But I mean, honestly, like, look, okay, Hugh Freeze did what he did at at, at uh, Ole Miss, right? And He's, then, yeah. And then, how many teams in the SEC tried to go get him? You know. With after like what two years? Well, Hammonds just said that Art Browse is not at Arkansas anymore, but he's somewhere. I, I don't, I just don't know exactly. Oh, Kendall, Kendall Browse. I mean, yeah, I don't remember where he's at. I'm I just, sorry, Kendall, yeah. Kendall Browse, right? Son. But, but, but anyway, like the, the whole point is this um, Hugh Freeze did what he did, right? Okay, he didn't even oversee, like, I mean, he didn't oversee, you know a program that did all this, but he did, you know, order. Yeah. I mean, he did his, or strippers his, or whatever it is with the university, the university card. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, but, but still what he did and the commissioner of the conference withheld him from coming to any school in the conference for two to three, four years after he was eligible to come back to, after he had started coaching again. Yeah. Like they didn't like there were several attempts to go get him before Auburn got him. Right. And and because of the optics of going again and, and it's still bad because there was a a massive, you know, contingent of the Auburn fan base that didn't want him just because of what he had done at Ole Miss. I get it, man. I get so, it. I, I get the I get the the what happened and, and under his watch and, and what he allowed. And I mean, I get right. all of that. Okay. Right. I well, get that. The, the, that the, was, that's, that's, that that's, 10, that's the whole point. That was, that was 10 years ago. Okay. Or eight okay. years ago or whatever. Some people just don't forget. I mean, that was 10 years ago, whatever it was. Okay. Uh, I don't know the exact time frame on it, but it's been a while ago. And, and now he is just standing on a sideline talking some stuff with his son-in-law. And my thing is, like I said, it's not the school. The, you're right. If the school didn't want that to happen and be there, they should have had something in place to keep that from happening. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is I don't understand the mass, like the people and the stuff that have an issue. Oh, what's he doing there? He's he, you know, and what's and all these. Well, some of those people are dumb have, and don't realize that it, that the guy's there because it's his son-in-law. But the other part is, is that they don't that 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 again. What we're saying is that the optics of Art Bryles being anywhere near a college football field is something that they don't want or that they don't he think actually, should happen. He actually got hired by somebody. I done forgot who it was. He was coaching high school for a while. Yeah, but he got hired and it, this was a college and didn't last over like a week or two and he was forced to resign. So, you know. Because the optics. The school at that point didn't he go. Says, vet, he says – uh, didn't go Kendall, vet it. Kendall is at TCU. Oh, okay. Okay. So he would have replaced uh he replaced Garrett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. Hammonds, it, I see you on, but I'm fixing to wrap this up. So yeah. So the but like I said, it it, it was the optics at that school. I mean, even that school that that hired him, 
I mean, look, Petrino, you know, not Petrino. Uh, uh, why am I going blank on on Louisville's old Louisville's old basketball coach, Kentucky's old basketball coach, Petrino, Petrino, Rick Petrino, things right. If you ask he me, goes off. Patino should not be coaching kids again, not in college. That's my opinion. So again, that but he's not. It's, but Browse ain't ain't there. It's not their coaching. That's so, what so, I'm okay, saying. Okay, okay, okay. So Patino shouldn't be coaching college kids. But what if Patino goes and watches his son Richard Patino coaching, and think, then goes out onto the court after think, the I don't after think the game? Anything you can do about that. You can. You can say he can't come here. But I mean, you can't keep him. I mean, like his, after a game. He can't be he can't be in the limelight in the crowd after a game. He could be he could come into the office afterwards, you know. He could backdoor his way me, in somewhere, but he not be behind in the, the bench. No, he can't be sitting where the be TV sitting. cameras are gonna see him. Okay. Put him I in mean, a suite I, somewhere. Put him in a suite. I don't think he should actually have a job and be coaching kids, but I don't think you can like, you know, tell him that he can't come to a ball game. Well, I'm just saying that 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 there should have been something in place. Again, the university is the ones that I go after on this. There should have been something in place that said, "Hey, right. we need to have boundaries on what we you. do." I got you on that. <laughs> Okay, I got you on that. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. We have kind of done the fuss, so I hope y'all enjoyed the big fuss show. Me and John kind of battled back and forth tonight. That's what it's all about. I wanted to bring that into it and kind of and kind of have a little, you know, fuss and a little heat with all this. So it was fun. I appreciate it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Our next show is Thursday night. We have a special guest with us on Thursday night. He is going to come on before the show, or come on at, as the show comes on before our game day pickums. He's going to be on for about 20 or 25 minutes only, and it is Jake Crane from Crane & Company that is on the Daily Wire is going to be with us. And he does Jake's takes, and he picked Texas over Bama, and you know he's he's got a great show. He's with his brother Ben and David, David Cohn. Cohn. David Cohn. Yeah, and I was trying to think of his name. And David Cohn. It's Crane and Company. Be here. It's going to be an awesome show. We're glad that Jake's agreed to be on with us here at College Sportscast. So catch us Thursday night, September fourteenth at eight p.m. right here on College Sportscast with. Jake Crane. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain with Jake that I actually met him when he was like in high school. <laughs> okay. Um, and and then we're gonna do our game day pickums. So Taylor will be with us, I believe, and and John Hammonds will be back. So we'll be doing our game day pickums. It'll be a little bit longer of a show because we're doing the interview with Jake and stuff. So I appreciate you guys being with us tonight and I hope you enjoyed the big fuss show. Y'all have a good night.
All right. Still live. Was... No, it's not. Is uh, it? Yes. <laughs> don't be tell don't be talking.